Hmm. I'm just looking for a way to begin and not finding one. But <laughs> maybe I will begin anyway. <laughs> so last week um, I was uh, offering some reflections during the talk on uh, what supports us in, in entering a time of retreat, a time of practice. Um, and this evening I'd like to offer some reflections on uh, what can seem to uh, kick us out or <laughs> and prevent us from entering. It's the hindrances that experience, uh, we all experience at times of, um, yeah, being stuck, blocked, um, weighed down, totally confused, or, you know, this whole range of ways in which our mind, our being can feel, uh, it's like, hmm, yeah, hindered. Uh, basic clarity, beauty of mind, beauty of heart is somehow it's not available, can't quite, can't quite find it. A whole range of qualities of of disturbance, sometimes call them. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I also felt felt important somehow to to weave a thread into the reflections of uh, the uh, um, hmm, lifting up, uh, bringing to mind. Uh, celebrating the beautiful, wholesome qualities of the heart and mind that are, you know, we're cultivating here. They are here. They are here. You know, I had this idea of doing, you can, you know, do inventory with the hindrances, like check it out, you know, what's the, what's the aversion level right now? So how's it done? 30%, 20%, it monitor it during the talk, see it really going up and down. <laughs> or through a day, or, you know, it's like, whatever your favorite one is of the moment, you know, sort of monitor it, you know, as you move through the day, you know, sort of the doubt level going up and down. Because aren't they, these, these, uh, these factors, are, uh, at least so much of the time, feel like our constant companions to some degree or another. Or is it just me? It was never just me, is it? It's like so so mm, sometimes I feel like I'm just in one long multiple hindrance attack. You know, that feeling of sort of maybe maybe uh, yeah, never never quite or really settled where you know those times on retreat where maybe you begin to the hindrances really begin to kind of fade back and they're in abeyance and like oh yeah boy this is lovely you know <laughs> and then you know so much of the reality of our life and our practice it's, it's not quite like that maybe it's a bit like that maybe it's a lot like that some of the time so I feel like whenever I speak of of these Endurances and that, that whole experience of all the different shades and permutations and combinations and, you know, particular unique little recipes that we have, you know, my special recipe for the um, 
aversion, doubt, restlessness, hindrance with, with some sense desire dragging along behind and, you know, that those kind of uh, very, um, possibly very individuated kind of expressions of, of these energies. And I, as I often feel like in practice, it's somehow taking the teaching and then really like bringing it to heart at the level of how, what do I actually know about these? What do I, do I, do I really know and recognize the manifestations of aversion, you know, in my experience. And uh, or at least, you know, some of, some of them. And as you, you know, it's, it's so it's, um, yeah, and then how to, how to work with how to, to handle that. But again, kind of, um, going back to the wholesome qualities, you know, I don't know. We'll, just, we'll see how it goes. A sense of, hmm, hmm, both and are, hmm, how important it is to both be able to remember and make much of and recognize the presence of the wholesome qualities, you know, because you know that thing of being Velcro for the negative and Teflon for the positive? <laughs> you have that tendency, maybe? Or, you know, that sense of just to be so focused on what hasn't yet been, you know, cleared out, that, that bit that keeps nagging and niggling and, and losing track, actually, all that has been cultivated. Yeah. And that is, is actually here, present now. No, just, so maybe feels particularly important to sort of reference that when we we talk about the hindrances and we think about them and we get involved in them and we want to understand them we analyze them and we apply this and we apply that and it's like <laughs> it can it can so easily become like a a way in which we are further entangling entangled isn't it it's like to me this is a very sort of delicate uh, kind of careful exploration about what's actually helpful yeah uh, and d- dealing with the difficult difficulty and disturbance um, so I want to explore a little bit about you know what might be helpful and and just yeah commend you to your own wisdom with that your own knowledge your own understanding it's like there's like and I have the privilege of listening to you and hearing so much <laughs> wisdom. And, uh, you know, sometimes the, the troublesome bits and then how to, to be with that in a helpful way. And um, I think so often, so much of what I feel like practice here, maybe practice anywhere, is this <sighs> training in knowing what we know already. What we already learned, what we, you know, what we can find, the capacities, the skills, the kindness, the wisdom, and just trust, have more and more trust and confidence in that. Um, So, um, another thing I, I, I find I, yeah, it's kind of following on from this, I find I like to 
to say or, or, or emphasize is that sense of um, having having uh, a willingness and a wisdom to include to include difficulty. <laughs> now, this is part of the path. It's part of our practice. It's not. It's not things going wrong. And I think that that is maybe that's one of the ways that the the hindrances sort of most deeply hook us is somehow that you know you get hooked into a version about a version of judgment about judgment or frightened of the fear and that whole way in which the hindrance energy when it's when it's pervasive when it's filling the mind it's like you you uh, yeah and because maybe you know they have some unpleasantness to them as a natural kind of sense of you know well of course i don't like it i want to get rid of it but if we're not aware of that as another way in which aversion can 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 get in there and actually keep the difficulty going then it's like that's kind of endless kind of hmm so um to really to really know that to take these as our teachers to really um keep keep reminding ourselves about that and I found I have this quotation from Ajahn um, Sumedho the five hindrances are your teachers they can be pretty trivial petty foolish annoying and obsessive they keep pushing and jabbing and knocking knocking us down all the time until we give them proper attention and understanding yeah until we give them proper attention and understanding. Yeah. Mm. And another uh, piece I'd like to share, which um, I often share when I talk about um, hindrances, um, that somehow always seems to speak to me I hope it does to you. You probably know this. It's the guest house by Rumi. This being human is a guest house. Every morning a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness. And some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all even if there are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honourably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. So that last part for me is always something about this sense of them being a teacher, being a guide, being a Dhamma, isn't it? They're in the fourth foundation of mindfulness as a, a Dhamma, as, as a phenom- phenomena that when we relate to them, yeah, with some mindfulness and 
uh, some skillfulness that they are hmm, what don't hmm, um, yeah the people say grist for the mill yeah it's like dumbadors or places of revelation and I so I, I think that perspective that's something about that that also sometimes it feels like um, the thing that I most that's most annoying about being a, being a human being <laughs> is you know, I actually is a gift. It's just it's not. It's kind of like wow. Okay, well that's so. Yeah. To to actually find find a way of the 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 difficult to let it be our teacher. So, so how do you how do you know them? You know, the Buddha saying, "I know you, Mara." He, he comes in disguise sometimes, doesn't he? In the stories, he comes in disguise and says, "I know you, I know you, Mara." You know, do you do you know do you, do you know how to recognize the signs? I was thinking, yeah, you know, I'm I'm not gonna I'll go through the five hindrances of it, but it's like, like I was saying that physically, physically, there's something happens, and then bodily kind of effect, um, or the yeah, the emotional emotions sort of part of it, or the something about the energy, you know. So the Buddha, the similes that the Buddha uses as a the mind as a body of water being affected and changed in certain ways, and like actually, again, to to take that up as a, a, a way of looking, a way of seeing, a kind of helpful way of maybe you think of it as like the texture, the mind, you know, in these various states as a is a relating to it as a an an, an uh, like an um, energetic sort of texture, or again like a field of energy, kind of you know, like like water in various states. Isn't that, I mean, that in itself is a kind of great depersonalization, but in a good way. I don't mean like, you know, dissociating, but sort of, oh, this is human energy. It's like, you know, like tightened up or, you know, slumped and sort of muddy, like a muddy puddle, you know, these wonderful similes. And how we can, like, you know, the, the thoughts, you can, you know, pick up sometimes what hindrance might be present or which thing is like because of the thoughts that are going on about whatever, you know, it's like, oh. And we, it's like kind of going mm, closer, closer, closer. What's happening? What's, you know, how is the chitter? Like, like a little dog or a bird and it's like, you know, it's like it's... Excited, like, or <laughs> flapping madly, or like, kind of bird. So maybe it's because I'm slightly strange and very kinesthetic, but that that seems to me to, like, that expresses that more clearly, more directly somehow, right? But you've to find your own way, you know. Maybe just for me, the careful noting of a word doesn't quite do it sometimes. Sometimes you can see it in your behaviors, how are you feeling? Well, look at what you're doing. <laughs> like, 
gives you a clue. Oh, I'm storming up and down the corridor. Hmm, I know. Hmm, what might be going on in my mind? Or I'm just, you know, lying on my bed in just like a puddle of tiredness, you know, just thinking I can't move. I'm never going to be moved to move ever again. Oh, I suppose they'll come find me at some point. Oh, no. state might be <laughs> happening or the way we relate to tasks work retreats and all of us you know with our that's so interesting for me when you and this is maybe particularly helpful in our life outside of retreat as well it's like don't you know if you just notice how what's what's if there's anything not quite easeful not quite completely easeful about the way you're doing something what's going on there might be some hindrance energy of some kind like I don't want to do this or they're doing it wrong or why do I have to do this or or even just those like more unconscious things like doing email which you're blessedly relieved of at present I'm so happy for you you know that you are half an hour into doing email and you realise your shoulders are up around your ears and your palpitations and it's like Oh my God, what happened? <laughs> oh dear, yeah. So that, for me, as you can tell, is ongoing. How to, how to uh, do email in a wise way. <laughs> yes. Or you notice how you could you can check out the hindrance, like of how you're viewing other people (laughs) here on retreat or elsewhere everybody's you know that person's doing that and that one's and and they're not very good and why does that person make that noise and hmm I wonder what might the mind state be here you know it's like oh everybody's oh lovely yogis everyone's so dedicated they're doing their practice and oh isn't it lovely (laughs) what kind of mind state so again I mean it's just to me very interesting how the because we're so sensitive to people other people and you know it's just such a sometimes I I feel like some of almost the deeper layers of the conditioning and the hindrances and other factors are we get the readout when we see a person (laughs) right we're happy on our cushioning everything's fine and then we open our eyes and see a person and think, whoa, yeah something happens <laughs> you know it's, um, so I know, you know for some of us, for some retreats this is very, very helpful very embarrassing, you know very illuminating kind of experience of like, wow, you know, I thought I was so nice and I thought I liked people it's like, oh dear um, all of that stuff, you know, all that crazy kind of stuff. So knowing, knowing our tendencies, knowing how these things manifest. Also some general characteristics that I find really helpful as well as maybe some of the specific recognitions of aversion, of sense desire, of 
the sloth and torpor, I love those words, or the restlessness and the doubt, is the sense of, yeah, the sort of mm, imprisoning, narrowing, constricting, which to me is a real sign of something, something of a hindrance nature is happening. Um, or something like um, that, you know, the filtering, which I was sort of just alluding to with, with the mind state, the, um, mm, when you get that sense that everything, the perceptions are, are really beginning to follow a particular tone or theme or mood, it's like that, um, mm, obsessive or constricted or, you know, yeah, narrow, narrowing, and and convincing. I don't know. It's like deluding, convincing. It's it's like often I think these things say things that sound really true. <laughs> yes, I am a failure. Or yeah, or you know that where that. Um, uh, way in which, um, yeah, again, it's the kind of in disguise quality or the, the, um, the, the clever salesperson or, um, just the, um, what I, I'm looking for, um, well, it's distorted perception or partial perception, isn't it? You just look here and you see that and you say then, that's kind of the truth, and you've lost that, yeah, that kind of wide, wide perspective, wide view. So sometimes I find when I reflect on these experiences, I start feeling, so are you feeling? <laughs> it's like it's infection, aversion, and sloth, and torpor, and it's like, so, but awareness of them, maybe that's, you know, to, yeah. So just pausing again. I just want to pause and like, mm, breathe, feel the body, feel the wholesome qualities in the room. So what helps? And, um, <clears throat> maybe share a little few things about that. Um, again, probably nothing that you don't already know, but still hopefully some help. Um, so, hmm, where to start? I think I'll start where you, you sort of, anyway. Seeing with wisdom. So, like as I was saying a bit earlier, like this seeing, seeing uh, these different manifestations of, of, of hindrance, like going straight to the wisdom seeing, sometimes that is or already enough, or it's 
what am I trying to say? Can you, like having that, just like a, a, even quite a quick sense of, oh, human energy doing something, you know, oh, then somehow that, it's like starting with right views, oh, kind of that somehow, then maybe there's like a bit more of a way in or a way of, like it's just beginning with that view as a, possi- poss- as a possibility sometimes rather than waiting for the wise view when you've calmed down and everything's better. It's like, oh yeah, now I can see it wisely. <laughs> you can also see it wisely when it's going crazy. It's very helpful. It doesn't necessarily make it go away, but it, it's, it probably helps to prevent the escalation and the reactions on the reactions on the reactions. You're like, kind of, okay, you know, this is everybody, that also that everybody kind of, everybody, all people, this is kind of human, ah, oh, not just me, that widening that in that way. Um, so I want to read you something else um, from a wonderful article on the hindrances by Ajahn Suchito, which I will leave in the library for your delectation. Um, on the hindrances and also particularly on doubt. Um, so I'll leave that in there for a while. I'd like to read you a couple of parts of this. So he says, in the process of establishing a regular meditation practice, what comes along with the clarity and calm are various hindrances, daydreams and turbocharged moods that are permutations of hankering, ill will, dullness, restlessness and doubt. A crucial point is how to have and maintain confidence even when the mind is assailed by hindrances. It is a good start to understand them. And then this is his sort of description of what they are. They are distortions, knots that call for undoing rather than cancers to be cut out of the mind. And they are involuntary reflexes. I think that's an interesting one. That's involuntary reflexes that arise through distorted cognition. Seeing things as mine that aren't, expecting things to be satisfying when they aren't, and reacting with fear, aggression, grasping or numbing to counteract the resulting confusion. Now that's a sentence that you could study for a while. (laughs) So I will leave it in the library. I did think there's there's a lot there. And I've, I've... I've had this sense for a while that seeing the hindrances as being this reaction against dukkha, against, but like he's spelling it out here, it's also, it's, um, yeah, I think we, when we see, when we, when we want things to be what they, you know, satisfying and supportive and secure and reliable and predictable, you know, yeah, here that, and they aren't, and then the dukkha and the reactivity and the aversion and the, oh, yeah, but I want. Did you hear? It's like it's it's it's. I hope that makes sense because I think it's very. It's like again. So you were coming to, mm, the, 
the the ignorance in a way, isn't it? It's the the not seeing things where they are, and then the reactivity that arises out of the distorted cognition that this this the 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 perception that things are should be should be should be another way, right? Or that things are are should stay the same, and they they should you know again quite unconsciously and subtly you know and they can't be um or or that things should be under my control they should be they should be why aren't they yeah and so 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 interesting so i have a sense that one of the the wisdom healings for the hindrances is to go is is the the three characteristics reflection like really here and now it's like well, both as a reflection but also also as a like what happens when you you bring that to an upset and just like oh okay can i yeah start to really, really tune into the uh hmm a Nietzsche it actually feels stuck but some it's like can I begin to sense what's changing, allow allow that. Um so distortions, knots, reflexes, um deeply conditioned so hmm yeah can't it shift in a moment it can can't it it's like just by shifting the perspective it is it is actually can be and then, of course, there's also the, hmm, the the process process that we have to go through as well. But yeah, seeing seeing wisely, seeing bringing these wisdom reflections to bear. Hmm. So, um, so yeah. So the, then, this coming to the main part that I wanted to share, which is my own and some others' thoughts on 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 what is the nature, or what what is what is it to bring wise attention to the experience of aversion or sense desire or know any combination or manifestation of any of any of these and I mean obviously the the main thing is probably just to be aware of them isn't it it's like knowing knowing this is yeah this is this this is the experience of of uh, anger, irritation, wanting. This is the very sort of, in a way, simple, but not so easy um, challenge, invitation, opportunity to um, 
see what happens. See what happens. Practice that. Um, bringing this very, very steady, like with the intention to not, to not uh, do anything other than simply see or know. And how, I guess, when conditions are right, when mindfulness is strong enough, that that is all that's needed. That is all that's needed. And all of the complexity and the reactivity and the what am I going to do, and this is never going to be, now. how am I going to get, it's like, just be with this. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. Just be with this. And... So Fred von Arman said, all that's really needed is careful, kind, presence and mindfulness. Right? Or Jack Cornfield, the use of antidotes is like the use of plasters, while awareness with kindness opens the wound and heals it. Like there's something, it goes back to something about trust. And there's something about this trusting that um, the sort of healing, revealing power of, of awareness, awareness with kindness, and then having the patience and the courage and the willingness to, 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 to practice that, to, to let that, to let that happen. Sort of like putting the, putting the medicine or the, putting the salve on the wound and then actually leaving it, let, letting it do its work. Letting it, letting it do its work. So, also wanted to read you another bit of Ajahn Suchito's, what he what he says about this. Um, so, he, so he says, so, so too much investigation can tire the mind. So, from time to time, it's good to relax the mind. Not to relax into a train of thought or occupation, but to relax while maintaining an alert mental and physical posture. Imagine, for example, being gently held or holding our present state as if it were a bird. Too tight and we harm it. Too loose and it flies away. Hold the whole state of being with no aim but to feel its dynamic, fluttering life. And then focus on how that feels and keep unhooking the reflex to do something, to fix something. So it's like, for me, part of what the teaching in that was so important is that it's the being really intimate with what's happening that 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 that's where the the learning that's really needed is will sort of happen whereas if we're rushing around prodding it and doing this and applying that and tweaking it and it's like it can't we can't there's sort of a natural process there that can happen and and yeah also feels like important sometimes to acknowledge that we can't we haven't quite got the resources so we need to back off or phone a friend or phone retreat support or something you know it's like sometimes 
We need that sort of shared presence. And the other part of this that also feels so, so important with what's difficult, I see this, I see this again and again in myself and when I when I when I'm with others, that the difference that it makes when we bring in some, somehow, some sense of care, kindness, compassion, like, ah, it's like that. And again, maybe different people are different, minds, hearts are different, somehow that that, I think, often for me, is it's like that's what's really needed to even let it open and express so you can actually really feel and see what's there. It can't kind of, it can't unfold itself clearly because, you know, there's that aversion, that sort of just even hovering there, the fear of it or something. So to intentionally bring some sense of friendliness, yeah, it is kind of countering that natural sort of aversion that creeps in when, you know, difficult stuff is happening. So um, I also I wanted to share another perspective on this, another, in a way, maybe way of understanding this particular, you know, this what does it mean to just to really bring, be mindful with or mindful of this in, in this way of, of just being present with something? Um, um, Venerable Analio um, has this piece I, I found very, very helpful with this. But he, he, he thinks about it as non-reactivity. So if the kindness bit, that doesn't quite kind of compute or something. It's like, it's a non-aversion, which of course is another way that, that the Buddha would talk about metta, loving kindness, as, as non-ill will, non-aversion. That's, that seems like this, sometimes I think of it as a kind of radical non-interference, a kind of, a kind of love that is, you know, strong enough and steady enough to, to just be present to be present with in a non-reactive way. So in talking about, um, let's see, so he says the task of mindfulness is to remain receptively aware by recognizing the state of mind. And such uninvolved receptivity is required because of one's instinctive tendency to ignore whatever contradicts contradict or threatens one's sense of importance and personal integrity which yeah, maybe for, if you get that there's like a for sometimes some of us maybe there's a sense of yeah of pride that comes in I and mean, we don't want to recognize certain tendencies in ourselves. so this is the part that I find most striking it's maintaining non-reactive awareness of these difficult emotions, motives, mind states, it counters the impulse towards either reaction or suppression contained in them and thereby deactivates their emotional and attentional pull. Again, there's another sentence could bear some further study. It's in his book on the Satipatthana Sutra in the library, in the chapter on mind, actually the third foundation. But that 
To me, that's a real support to the intention to really practice this. Can I, ah, you know, the non-reactive, steady being with, when it's calling me, it's like it wants to pull me in. It's telling me, no, you've, you should be angry about this. You, know, you, should be, you should be doing, you should be getting entangled and more. Yeah. And to, to keep faith with that um, non-reactivity as a form and expression of, of mindfulness and kindness. Okay, so, yeah, that's that's probably nearly all I wanted to share. I mean, maybe one last thing. Um, when, when it needs maybe a little more investigation and the, uh, the um, helpfulness of, of uh, the well-timed, appropriate question pointed towards our experience and one that I find again and again and again is really useful in all kinds of situations and that is what is actually happening right now it can I find it can what is actually happening right now that can oh oh okay like right and then somehow that can help like through the layers through the layers of uh of it all. Um, so, hmm. maybe, hmm. right. So, um, Two more things. I can find them. So this is the Buddha. The practitioner abides knowing a hindrance as a hindrance, externally or internally. The practitioner abides knowing the arising and passing of a hindrance. The practitioner abides aware that there is a hindrance. The practitioner abides independent, not clinging to anything in the world. So that's our that's our practice. And I hope all of these things maybe you find something, something of support and encouragement. Um, and Maybe, yeah, just to come back to our sense of, yeah, just how you are right now. And and again, turning to, towards a sense of oh, the wholesome, the, the lovely, that you are, that you are, that's here in the heart, in the room, that you have been cultivating, that has been cultivated that all of this life, all of this changing experience that we're present with, 
can be held and known and understood in the context of the great heart, that's greatness of heart that is uh, yeah, it's here for here for here for us now. We turn towards when we recognize, yeah, when we remember yeah, to to um, to recognize to recognize what is what is wholesome here and now. And trust that more. Have confidence in that. And yeah, what an offering to ourselves and to to others, to the world, to to be able to uh, to meet these energies, whether they come to us from bubbling up from our own mind or whether we encounter them in the world and uh, in in other people. So these these very same skills and wisdom and kindness that we're here really. Mm, um, cultivating in relation to our experiences then directly applicable and supportive um, to whatever we encounter, wherever we are. So, we'll finish with a, a um, passage, another passage by Ajahn Sumedho. When you are patient, allowing things to cease, then you begin to know cessation. Silence, emptiness, clarity, the mind clears. It is still vibrant. It is not oblivious, repressed or asleep. And you can hear the silence of the mind. To allow a cessation means that we have to be very kind, very gentle and patient, humble, not taking sides with anything, the good, the bad, the pleasure, the pain. Gentle recognition allows things to change according to their nature without interfering. So then we learn to turn away from seeking absorption into the objects of the senses. We find our peace in the emptiness of the mind, in its clarity, in its silence. Thank you for your attention. Yeah, let's just sit quietly together for a, a minute before we chant the chant.
So let's close our evening together by chanting the sharing of blessings. <laughs> <laughs>